and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Hello and welcome back to ESSR Central here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. My name's Ross McLeod and after David Hockney's unprecedented, unwarranted and quietly uncouth attack on my weight this past week on Saturday Draft Live, I have been on a diet this week. I've been on a series of low-cal meals so I can bring on this high-cal snack that is Chris Anthony Lopez is my guest. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you, Ross, you're trying to butter me up. Yeah. I, I, and it's working. That's, that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be here, Ross. Thank you. This pile of melted ice cream here can't have butter anymore. <laughs> we love each other over here at ESSR. We really do. But I don't let it get to me. I just swallow my gravy-scented tears and get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we are coming to at you a wee bit later than we would have wanted to. We are going to be discussing this past week's Royal Rumble, but the good thing about coming to you a bit later is we can also talk about the fallout from Raw and SmackDown, look ahead to the road from WrestleMania, and Chris, you and I did this last year, and we really didn't see a road to WrestleMania for quite a lot of the superstars. At the minute, it's kind of hard not to see a road for a lot of the superstars at the minute. It looks like we will have at least eight guaranteed matches at WrestleMania just now. Yeah, no, there's a lot. I mean, and maybe it's because this is the first big uh, mania that Triple H is booking since uh, Vince's retirement from creative because i guess he's come back since but now we have like a bunch of seeds planted for things and i know it takes a lot of the fun away from being able to guess what the card's going to be but it also adds some type of excitement because a lot of these storylines are actually being built and established off of something good and that we've been planting seeds for months and and then we're gonna i mean we're gonna talk about the one big one that's ruling the wrestling world right now but i am I'm very excited for Elimination Chamber. If you'd have told me I'd be excited for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view like two months ago, three months ago, I wouldn't have believed you. But now I feel like every week is must-watch TV for WWE. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk about, um, uh, just before we actually talk about the Royal Rumble, I noticed I'm, I'm getting so into my, my intros and so into the, uh, WrestleMania fever. I've got to tell you, we have a massive back catalogue of podcasts, previews, reviews, interviews, and all the news, you can find it Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites at Suplex Retweet at your social media website of choice. You can find us there, get involved in the conversation. I always say about um, gimmick pay-per-views, let's not overbook them because quite simply, people are there to see the gimmick match People are there to see the gimmick. We we don't want to have to sit through six or seven matches to get to the good stuff. And WWE clearly heard us this year because they didn't make us wait about. They weren't messing about. The Men's Royal Rumble kicked off, I think might be the first time ever, kicked off the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Um, 
I mean, I don't have all the the cards in front of me, but that sounds about right because typically, um, the men's Royal Rumble, at least I believe, what was it, twenty eighteen? Was that the first women's one? They were in the middle, weren't they? They didn't even kick off the show. Yeah, they were because the women main evented that card. Yeah, I think they were third or fourth. Yeah, no, they were second because um, twenty eighteen AJ opened it with Sammy and KO. Then it was the Rumble, then it was the Raw Tag title, then it was the Universal Triple Threat, I believe. There you go. Yeah, so I mean, starting starting hot. And the, the Men's Royal Rumble this year, and, and again, we're, I bring up the points of it taking away the, the unpredictability of the Rumble, because this one seemed very calculated, especially as the numbers were going and we were seeing who was coming out. And who we were waiting for at number 30. But I had a lot of fun with this rumble. And from the like the internet wrestling community was not kind. Like overall, they were not kind to it from what I was seeing. But I have a lot of love for this rumble. Perfect? No. One of the all-timers? Probably not. But I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I'm just reading here. It's a first time ever that the show opens with the Royal Rumble match, the men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. So a history-making Royal Rumble. And I I went back and forward on this one. I, I was, I'll be honest, I read in a lot of the rock hype. I'm, oh, okay. I'm a massive rock fan. I didn't let that ruin it for me. But, you know, I was in my heart of hearts hoping to hear that iffy smell and the right. crowd going mental. But... I really, I, looking back, see on older pay-per-views, like see when you look at the, the 2001, 2002, um, even 2003, yeah, there's a couple of surprises in those matches, but those matches had a stacked roster. Sorry, those yep. shows were at times of a stacked roster. And the reason those shows are so good, so, so good to look back on, easy for me to say, <laughs> is quite simply because it's the people you remember of that time. It's a wee surprise here and there is quite fun, but WWE made the most of their current roster, and I think they done it to the best of their ability here. I think not one of the greatest of all time Royal Rumbles, but certainly a memorable one. Certainly one that oh yeah, it'll be fun to watch. It's good watch back ability. <laughs> there you go. Last yeah. year certainly didn't. I tried to watch it back for a Royal Rumble quiz, and I think I got to like number eight and fell asleep. Um, so, well, because that match like, sucked. Like last yeah, year's Rumble sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it was this whole like, and I mean, we like we both were on the Rumble quiz, and we both talked about how much we loved the Rumble, and like it's to, like it's an all time match type. They, it's a whole presentation that kicks off the road to WrestleMania. And last year's when when the Rumble sucks, you know something's up. Like going into Rumble season, like or going into WrestleMania season, because it that's what starts the the energy. And if it's bad, then what what else are we going to look forward to? You know, like and they salvaged it. I actually really loved last year's WrestleMania, so they they made it up to me later. But the Rumble last year itself was just not good. And I, I thought, like, this is this is really bad. But Triple H's first Rumble, again, like what you said, it's not 
all-timer, but memorable is the word. And there was a bunch of fun moments in the men's rumble and the women's rumble, which we'll get to later. But like Cody was the big elephant in the room, right? Yeah. In regards to this, they announce he announces in advance, "I'm gonna be in the rumble." Pisses off many of the the internet smarks because why would you announce the rumble your rumble participation? Which I totally get that. Why why they why you'd want it to be a surprise. I mean, in my head, talk about you buying into the rock hype. I bought into the hype months ago. Oh, Cody's coming back for the rumble and he's winning it. Mm-hmm. Like I bought yeah. into that a long time ago. And even now with all, oh my God, is Sami Zayn going to win the rumble? Is Sami Zayn going to do this? Is the rock going to show up? I was, an- I love the rock. I was anti rock in the rumble. So damn bad. I did not want The Rock to show up and win the Rumble because he didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Like, even yeah, even yeah. if, like, now we have an idea of what the Bloodline story is going to be, but we don't need The Rock, and I'm glad Cody was put in that spot. Plus, the crowd there reacted very well to Cody winning the match, and it was, it made for a great moment. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I was actually talking to, I'm just trying to get the conversation up here, and I was talking about the rumble with a friend, and (laughs) I joked, sorry, I was yelling at a 17-year-old on the internet about how the rumble was awful, because an actor who hasn't been a wrestler in 21 years didn't appear. (laughs) (laughs) And his response was, never thought I'd say this, but The Rock might have ruined it. Like, and yeah, it's surprises in the rumble. I think they're they're a bit more of a new thing. You used to get an occasional one, but not every year because the roster was stacked. WWE are at a stage now where they've got enough talent where they don't need five or six people popping up as a surprise in the rumble. Right. We... If you look back at like the internet wrestling community, 2011, 2012, 2013, a lot of the the hate and a lot of the a lot of the anger was that we don't have enough full time guys, and then WrestleMania comes round, and we have Brock Lesnar, Triple H, Undertaker, The Rock, John Cena. They're all guaranteed uh, a star match, and then occasionally you'd have someone like a Goldberg or a Kane or someone like that coming back, a Chris Jericho, and you're like, right, well, there's between six to eight spots now at WrestleMania, which are taken up. So I think when you when you have the roster, and we'll, we'll break the rumble into three, I think. We'll, we'll talk about entrance one to 10, entrance 12 to 20, and then 21 to 30, and the end of the match. Sure. Uh, and, but I think here... A couple of wasted spots, I think, but you'll always have that in a rumble. You do need fodder for the guys like Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, etc. But I don't think there's any wasted spots here. I think there's guys here who either had a star showing, are believable winners, even though if you didn't think they were going to win going in, or they're people like the New Day who are part of the Royal, as David Campbell called it, the Royal Rumble Tapestry. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with uh, number one and number two, Gunther and Sheamus. Um, 
Gunther has been on a tear since the summer, since winning the Intercontinental title, back with both members of Imperium, great matches with Sheamus, great matches uh, with Ricochet. Sheamus, along with Drew McIntyre, just now in the Brawling Brutes, having a bit of a career revival. Sheamus goes through these ebbs and flows, but he's never really been able to get back to the popularity that WWE wanted him wanted to have him at in 2012. He's at that popularity. I, I, I dare say he's more popular now than he was then. Yeah, and I mean, he had the strap at that point, like over, over a decade ago at this point. But mm-hmm. Seamus, and I know we're going to talk about Gunther, especially when we get to the end, so I'm going to save my thoughts on that till the end. But Seamus, he was one of my favorite people in this match. Like, yeah, I know he was getting clowned on social media. Like, oh, he's just, you know, chilling at the turn, waiting at the court, at the turnbuckle, you know, watching spots happen, whatever. But I thought his role in this match was a lot of fun. And Sheamus is doing some of his best work in WWE in the last year. Or shit, in the last six months. Like, every, like the whole hype going into Clash at the Castle last year. Like it was, it was like, oh my god, do we want to see Sheamus like end Gunther's reign now, a reign that could potentially become historic? And folks forget, and because and I I say people forget because I forgot too. Gunther's rise on WWE's main roster started with Vince, mm-hmm. like when Vince was running creative. Yeah, he changed his name. He wasn't Walter anymore. It was Gunther, right? That's great. Um, everyone, I mean, we've all grown to love it now, but it started with Vince. Vince, the one that made him look good on TV. And then when Triple H showed up, he just elevated him to this now superstar and to the casual fan now future world champion. I mean, all of us were already familiar with his work. We already knew what this man was capable of doing. But now, especially after this Rumble performance that he had, he he could be world champ. Sooner rather than later, once he gets this historic IC championship run off of his shoulders, he can go to the main one of the main straps if they split the belts, hopefully, please. Then he'll be able to do some great stuff. But Sheamus, he's been doing some great work recently. And I mean he's working with his friends. He like it's no secret that him and Drew McIntyre are incredibly tight. And they're doing some really fun stuff right now, and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with what you're saying about uh, Vince giving uh, Gunther the, the push to start with. And let's talk about the name change as well, just quickly, because let's be honest, Walter is not uh, an intimidating name, is it? It's an old man name. Uh, <laughs> and Gunther, it sounds like it sounds like someone, you know... Someone evil. It sounds like a, an eighties, an eighties bad guy villain that John McClane has to take out before getting to the main guy. Right, Gunther, Gunther six eight, three hundred pounds, and let's let's talk as well. He looks sensational at the minute. Yes, he is. Yes, he built like an absolute bear, and yet yeah, we'll talk a bit more about him at the end. I agree with everything you said about Sheamus. Entrant number three, the Miz. The Miz, the first ever two-time Grand Slam champion, also the first man to do that and be eliminated first in the Royal Rumble. 
twice. <laughs> oh, great. 2015 <laughs> and 2022, first eliminated. All of um, fame career for the Miz. All of fame career. It, it's all in the one. Uh, Kofi Kingston. I never thought I'd say this, Chris. I think it's time we gave up on the Kofi Kingston spot. That's two years in a row. It's not worked out. I think that's nature telling us it's time to let it go. Am I the only one that thought like something very bad happened? I, I know they, not they, they obviously they messed up the spot, but like he he hit the table hard, the announce yeah. table hard as hell. Yeah, for those of you that haven't seen it, um, Kofi Kingston attempted to save himself by landing on a chair. I actually watched the um, the This Is Awesome uh, Royal Rumble moments after NXT TakeOver last night. He talked about how there's a bit in the chair that you can lock that he knows from his days working at Staples, and it means the chair won't move, and you can, like, pull the stick around it or jump on it. Obviously, that had not been done. He's hit the chair. He's hit his head off the announce table, and... Yeah, 14 minutes he lasted in the Rumble, along with Woods, who was a couple of minutes behind him, 10 minutes, 29. Obviously, this was meant to be the big spot, but didn't work out. I'm happy to have Kofi Kingston once in a while do these Rumble spots, but I think I think the time has come to let it go as a yearly spot. <laughs> yeah, and I... Like, especially if it was like, oh, he messed up twice in five years, sure. But it was back-to-back rumbles where the spot didn't work out the way he wanted it to. And like, just go on a high note with the rumble spots. We're yeah. only going to remember the good ones. Like, Because everyone loves Kofi. If you don't love Kofi Kingston, something's wrong with you. <laughs> but if, like, if when we look back at his career... Again, Hall of Fame career. When we look back at it, he, I think he'll be okay. I think we're, yeah. like, we're going to remember the good ones because there are a bunch of good ones. Absolutely. Um, we talked about four and six, uh, Kofi and Woods. Number five, Johnny Gargano. A nice little, um, nice little showing for him. He's not really had the chance to show what he can do on the main roster fully yet, but just under half an hour, 29 minutes and 57 seconds, Johnny Gargano lasted. Had a good rumble showing in amongst some of the big guys like Cross, Lesnar, Lashley, Sheamus, Gunther, McIntyre. Um, a good showing for Johnny Gargano and hopefully something we can build on here. Hopefully heading back to the Johnny Wrestling of the NXT era. I think we're just killing time until Tommaso Ciampa comes back with Johnny Gargano. Yeah, yeah like I, I, I love his rumble performance. Again, like all the monsters that you just listed off, he survived all that. Good for him. But um, like creatively, he's been in a rut, and it's a little bit disappointing, especially with how much, how beloved uh, Triple H's creative has been for Dota B in the last half year. Yeah. But um, Johnny's has gotten lost in the shuffle since he came back. But hopefully, we'll find something good for him going into WrestleMania, or maybe again we're killing time for Tommaso Ciampa. Who knows? I think with Gargano. Had had he still been in NXT and still been a, a continuing presence on TV when Triple H took over, I think he would have came straight up, went into programs and just kind of worked his magic 
I think see because he took time away, he needed time to integrate himself with the with the audience again. Uh, certainly the more casual viewer. And the Dexter Loomis stuff, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing the two of those guys as a tag team. I imagine if we weren't in the midst of a historic tag title run for the Usos, you might have seen Gargano and Loomis going up for the titles. But, yeah, I think him and Champ are destined to be joined at the hip. It's just unfortunate that Gargano, that Champ is starting to have more and more injuries. Um, let's talk about number seven. You t- we talked about someone lost in the shuffle, Carrion Cross. Um, I was watching this with a few of the members of the podcast. Strack was not a fan of how Carrion Cross had been booked on the main roster, simply because of how he was booked in NXT. Uh, second man out here eliminated by Drew McIntyre. I think Carrion Cross is good. I think there's a place for him. But at the same time, and I'm just going to list some big guys who are, who are in this match. Gunther, Sheamus, McIntyre, Lesnar, Lashley, obviously in the WWE Championship picture, we've got Kevin Owens, we've got Damian Priest, we've got uh, Roman Reigns, we've got Braun Strowman, he is a guy that needs to be booked as a monster or at, at least a dominant uh, threat. Yes. But fortunately, he's not as good as any of those other guys I just mentioned. All those other guys have something else that Carrying Cross just doesn't have. N- no, and you, you nailed it right in the head, right? And he's, don't get me wrong, he's do- definitely doing better than Johnny at the moment. Um, <laughs> the Rumble performances would tell you otherwise. But Karrion Cross, um, again, he got lost in the shuffle when he first came back a little bit, and they put him in these weird feuds that he was inevitably going to lose. But they have to present him differently. Like, whatever role he fits on a, a WWE roster, there are already two or three guys that are already there and honestly more over than he is. And he's already booked and presented differently because of Scarlet and Scarlet's presence around him so like there's a role for him they just haven't necessarily found his niche yet and having a feud with Rey Mysterio and Drew McIntyre and having him just um, be in like as of this um, recording that we're doing uh, he might be in the icy title mix um, going into Wrestlemania doubt it but there's a whole there's a whole thing with Karrion Cross that we might have just have to wait and after WrestleMania, we just reset with him. Like book, like the monster you're talking about. Like he might not have to be a Braun Strowman type, but obviously he's an all right wrestler. Let him, you know, what happened to Karrion Cross? I was in NXT. Triple H, it's the same guy. It's the same dude. So like, let there's a way to go about it. But Karrion Cross being the second person eliminated here was a bummer. Yeah. Uh- Entrance 8 and 10, we won't go too much into them. Chad Gable and Santos Escobar, pretty much fodder for Brock Lesnar when he comes in. Brock killed Santos Escobar, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about entrant number 9, Drew McIntyre, lasting 39 minutes and 10 seconds, four eliminations, eventually eliminated by Gunther. Um, I thought he was going to be the safe bet. I thought if 
God forbid something happened to Cody or it wasn't going to be Sammy or The Rock, I thought Drew McIntyre was was there because we talk about Karrion Cross when he was brought back. He was put straight into a feud with Drew McIntyre, who was coming off losing the Undisputed Universal title match to Roman Reigns after being pretty much built up to face him for a year. So Karrion Cross couldn't just beat Drew and we couldn't just have Drew lose cleanly. So we had all these weird stop-start moments and I think it was simply keeping Drew warm in case he had to come in and win this Rumble. Another great Rumble performance, by the way. I think he's starting to become a a Rumble MVP uh, since his win in 2020. He's so over. Drew McIntyre, like, folks, myself included, love Drew McIntyre. And like what you said, he's becoming a constant to where, in a good thing, where if you need someone in the world title picture, Drew McIntyre is your guy. Like, he is, at any point, I think he's capable of winning the, the, the strap. Shit, I wanted him to win at least one of the straps at Clash of the, Ch- or Clash of the Castle. Like, I wanted that so bad, especially there. Oh, God. I think that's such a st- it's still a missed opportunity, but it's besides the point. Like, Drew McIntyre's so good at what he does. He's so over. He does the little one, two, three gimmick that I think at first, or I thought at first was corny. And now <laughs> I'm over here at home doing it. One, two, three. Uh, like, it's his whole, I love his whole presentation. I love Drew McIntyre. And like what you said, he's become a, 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 a Rumble MVP since he won. And he's always a viable option to not only do big, for big moments, but also for the strap. And I know Roman's been having a, a monopoly over the belts last a couple of years, but McIntyre's still a, a hell of a superstar to put a title on him and make it relevant, make it successful. That He's so good. I love Drew McIntyre. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk entrance 11 to 20. I'm just going to run through them all quickly. Sure. Uh, Angela Dawkins, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins, Otis, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Elias, and Finn Balor. Um, pardon me. So Angelo Dawkins, he lasted to the next competitor, which was Brock Lesnar, number 12. Brock Lesnar lasted 2 minutes and 28 seconds in this year's Royal Rumble, which is 4 seconds less and the time it took him to win last year's Rumble. <laughs> two minutes, 32 seconds he lasted in the Royal Rumble the year he won it. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You should have seen my face when Brock came out at 12. Like, I, I had a little Rumble watch party in my apartment, and a bunch of my friends were here, and we were watching it, and they all knew, because I told them, because Brock declared the night before the Rumble, and I said, oh, God. Here we go. Like, this is like, and the ring was full. Like, there was a lot of people in the ring for a majority of this match. And Brock comes out, I'm like, oh God, here we go. And he, of course, he starts suplexing everybody. But then when Lashley's music hits at 13, I was overjoyed because I wanted, I wanted Bobby Lashley. I'm like, do, do something about this, please. And he did. He eliminated Lesnar. And Lesnar proceeded to kill the announce table. <laughs> um, but it was so rad, not only because I, I think the Lesnar Lashley story is so cool, but Bobby Lashley single handedly saved my 
my love for that rumble. Because if Lesnar did some ring clearing bullshit like he's done in the past, I would have been very upset. But he he barely stuck around. No offense to, to Lesnar, he's great. But Lashley, oh my god, yes. I was over the moon, my hero. See, this is where you and I differ. I love watching, not winning it this way, but I love Brock coming in and clearing house. And I actually quite enjoyed the fact that at this point in the match, when Bobby Lashley comes out, we've had Gunther, Sheamus, Drew, Brock and Bobby in the first 13. Usually the big guys are saved for like the final six or seven. The, yeah, the, year, the back half. Yeah. yeah, the year Brock, Goldberg and Undertaker were in it, they were 26, 28 and 29 respectively. And they were like the big part. And it was like Goldberg eliminates Brock, then Undertaker eliminates Goldberg, and then Roman comes out and eliminates the Undertaker. Like it was a case of you get one elimination each, guys, and then you're out. But some big guys in here. Uh, Brock comes in, cleans house. Chad Gable, Angelo Dawkins, and Santos Escobar all thrown out by Brock. Bobby Lashley then throws Brock out. He goes absolutely ballistic at the side of the side of the ring, battles the announce table with a set of steps. I absolutely love this next spot. Number th- fourteen, Baron Corbin's music hits. He comes round and just takes him out like an NFL running back and just battles him up into the air, F5s him, and then apparently get a bit of heat because unplanned, I thought it was hilarious, he closed like the referee into the crowd. <laughs> oh, oh, that was that was, that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> apparently not. No, apparently he's got a bit of heat backstage. Do you really think Brock Lesnar gives a shit? Brock Lesnar, with a combined time of five minutes in the Royal Rumble the past two years, gives a shit. <laughs> Yeah, my God. I didn't know. That, I mean, I did see that he got some heat, but I didn't know why. That makes a ton of sense. That's nuts. But Lesnar, I mean, I, I see your point on Lesnar, right? Like, because he's always, like, especially since he's come back, he's been booked like a, like a, like a bulldozer. Like, he is this special talent that we will never, ever, ever see again, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever have another Brock. Um, or if we do get someone like Brock, there will always be the comparisons. Oh my God, they're just like Brock Lesnar because Brock <laughs> is such a he's such an anomaly in pro wrestling, and WWE's been lucky to have him because there was a point he could have gone anywhere, but he opted to stay here. And I've been loving the Lashley Lesnar stuff because it's just I these two monsters of men pummeling the hell out of each other. I think it's why I liked the Goldberg-Lesnar stuff at first when they started feuding a few years ago because it was just two big meaty men slapping meat. Like, it was <laughs> just two big-ass guys. Their matches would be five minutes long, but they wreck everything at ringside trying to kill each other. And that's what I'm expecting Lashley-Lesnar to be when they finally do this big match, presumably at WrestleMania. So, I, I, I love the story moment and it also preserved some people for later to be eliminated by other people. Uh, and like Rollins came in a few spots later because you mentioned like the big guys, like the physically bigger guys. Mm-hmm. But I think the Rumble had just big names, especially yeah. as it went on later. 
Yeah, Seth Rollins, one of those names in next. Uh, curb stomps Baron Corbin on the outside, throws him straight into the ring. Seven seconds in, <laughs> into the match, Baron Corbin is right back out. Uh, Otis at number 16, some fun power moves before being taken out by Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. This was one that annoyed people. I was okay with it, but I can understand why. So in years gone by, we've had people getting attacked and not uh, coming to the ring or being replaced by the person that attacked them. Uh, Entry number 17, Rey Mysterio's music hits. He was legitimately injured on the Friday Night Smackdown prior, uh, unable to compete in the Royal Rumble. Entrant number 18 hits, and who would have thunk it? Dominic Mysterio comes out, and he's wearing Rey Mysterio's mask. Basically, a, yeah, I took him out. I don't have a problem with this if it's continuing the Dominic Rey Mysterio storyline. Right. But I thought it would have been... It, it would have meant more if the Judgment Day weren't maybe allowed in the Rumble, and Dominic beats up Ray to take his number. I think that would have worked better. Oh, okay. Because you've uh, still got one slot for somebody to come in and do something, you know what I mean? Right, right. And there's a, there's an entrant that we're going to talk about who came out in the 20s um, that apparently was not supposed to be in the Rumble until that day, if I read it correctly earlier, um, on whatever dirt sheet I read it on. But the whole Ray stuff, I didn't minded either the one thing that like okay sure what if um ray he like he got hurt you know there was no one to take the number no one like you had no subs there's no one hanging out backstage like hey just in case i know we had a bunch of nxt people in the women's rumble but not necessarily for the men's one but that's besides the point it still progressed the Ray and Dominic storyline, and their match at WrestleMania is going to rock if it happens, presumably, which is going to happen. But it's going to it's going to rock. Yeah, surely, like you could have had, I don't know, like even Solo Sokoa, because yeah, he did the stuff later on, but Solo could have had some, you know, some fun things in that match. Yeah, there was there everyone. was zero bloodline. Zero bloodline uh, in the rumble, which was crazy, honestly. But yeah, I just yeah, you, you're trying to tell me there wasn't someone there that could have taken that spot, or someone there that could have done something. Even I, I don't know, MVP, somebody. Yeah, but maybe hey. he just didn't have his gear with him. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. Always bring your gear. Um, Elias eliminated in 39 seconds I'm going to be honest I was hopeful Elias was going to go backstage shave and come out as Zeke oh Christ that would have that would have that would have popped me though I would have got I would have got a pop out of that Uh, number 20 Finn Balor rounding off the the top uh, 20 here we'll move on a 21 to 30 because we'll talk more about Finn Balor when we get there um, Booker T making an appearance almost like for like, like his appearance in the 2011 Royal Rumble but it still got a pop out of me I thought it was hilarious oh, and yeah. it's, always, it's always nice to see Booker T back I read this thing this morning how apparently Booker was not in the Rumble 
until that day. Really? Like I, I've, and I, I might be talking out of my ass. I might, I might be uh, lying or the dirt sheet I read it on uh, was just, it's just not true. So take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But from what, from my understanding, Booker was not in the match until that day. I mean, he only lasted like, how long he lasted? Like a couple minutes. He just did. He showed up, did a spin Rooney and, and Gunther killed him, you know? Um, but that, like, that was it. It was quick. But it was cool. Again, it popped me. I love I love Booker T. I there think a, I don't even want to say Booker's underrated because I think everybody loves him. There was a moment I, I can't remember the match uh, the other night, but, but there was a match on NXT Vengeance Day the other night where the wrestlers were over at the announce table, and Booker goes, "Let's get the hell out of here!" And Vic Joseph goes, "Why are you running? You're in fighting shape. You were in the Royal Rumble last weekend." <laughs> he looks good. Exactly, and he's there almost a, sixty. There was a, I, I can't remember. It was a, a comic book that did. It was an online comic strip that did daft wrestling ones and all that. Um, oh, the, the name escapes me, but there was. It said trying to suspend belief for uh, commentators, and it was the comic strip was like Rey Mysterio and Evan Bourne fighting over near the announce table. And yet, it was Michael Cole going, oh my, if only we had a six-foot-six former world champion who could keep us safe when these guys come over here. <laughs> and they've drawn Booker T like the Hulk in the comic books. Like, <laughs> Damn dogs, we better get out of here. <laughs> oh, but... Um, Let's round out the, the 20, 22 to 29. Uh, Damien Priest, Montez Ford, Edge, Austin Theory, Omos, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Logan Paul. Um, Damien Priest there to round out the Judgment Day. Had a pretty decent showing. Um, yeah, seemed to... Just seeing who he eliminated because his class is having one elimination. I can't even see who his elimination is classed as. Oh, Montez Ford. He eliminates the guy directly behind him. 44. I thought that was a waste of Montez Ford. I thought... 100%. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I think... See when the inevitable Montez Ford single runs happens. And I know we always don't need to have teams break up, but... Like, see with the New Day where everyone else is fine if Kofi or E or Xavier goes and does their own thing. I think Dawkins took years to find the right partner and the right gimmick, and it was with Ford. I think if there's a blow-off and a a Montez Ford-Dawkins feud, I think Dawkins has to win it because Ford will be okay and go on to bigger and better things, whereas Dawkins will need to hang his hat on the fact that I, you know, I beat him when we had a feud sort of thing, because I sure, I, I see Dawkins being a bit like see the way Gable is now where he just jumps with partner to partner and at the minute with the Alpha Academy it's working, but the, then you do need to sit through some teams like the Bobby Roode Gable tag team, which just didn't seem to work, or the, the Gable uh, Shelton Benjamin tag team, which just didn't seem to work either so yeah, I right. think I think that'll be his future. But Montez Ford wasted in this rumble, I think. Um Edge appears number twenty-four. 
uh, gets a massive pop. I think this is the last time we're going to see Edge in a Rumble. Ooh, okay. I think he's rumoured to be retiring this summer. Um, One last one. He was only in there for a minute and two seconds. He eliminates Balor. He eliminates Priest. He then um, he then gets eliminated by Balor on the outside. That's going to continue their feud. Rhea Ripley was there. A fun moment with Beth Phoenix as well, hitting a spear. That looks like that's going to be a, a what do you call it match? A elimination chamber match. Edge and Beth Phoenix against either Balor and Rhea Ripley or Dominic and Rhea Ripley. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at seeing Edge versus Rhea Ripley, if I'm being honest with you. No, not at all. Not at all. That'd be rad. Uh, Austin Theory, 26 minutes in the match, uh, eliminates Ricochet, one elimination. It's not really a, a great showing, but not a poor showing. He was, he was in the final four. Yeah, he's the U.S. champ right now. Like, and he's Austin Theory's crushing. Is this a little heel turn or is like the little character turn that he did a few months ago? I think he's doing some good stuff. Uh, I feared the worst when Omos came in. Oh, so did I. Because I thought, oh god, we're not getting Brock's eliminations at the end. We're getting Omos now. Omos is going to sit in a nut. Annoy everyone, uh, but no, he was in there. Few power moves. Everyone tries to eliminate him. He fights back, and then out comes Braun Strowman to the savior and delight of everyone. Power slam <laughs> Omos, throws him out of the ring. There's, I always like it when they put big men together as if they're not inter- if they're they're not interchangeable. Because he used to do this with like Kane against the Great Cali, and you're like. Kane used to jump off the top rope and off the top of cages and, you know, did hurricane runners and, you know, flipped himself out of the ring over the ropes and all that. And right. you're like, Cali couldn't walk. That, that's kind of what <laughs> is. Strowman's still a unit, but he's slimmed down a bit to be more athletic. He's got the power stuff, but he's also, he's also quite athletic, you know, Whereas Omos is just this lumbering big guy who's only been in wrestling since like 2020. Right. And I, again, I was also fearful when Omos and Strowman came back, um, back to back, or came out back to back. But again, it didn't take away anything. There wasn't like this crazy moment that pissed me off when they were both on screen. So it was cool. I, I liked it. But the um, I I know we we have been talking about Dominic and the, and Judgment Day, but another underrated Rumble performance was from Dominic Mysterio. One hundred percent, I thought he was awesome in this match. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Twenty five minutes, forty four seconds. He lasted. I think just the. I think we were all kind of waiting for Ray to come in. Because Ray was up until he got eliminated. Yeah, we were waiting for him. Yeah, well, I was waiting. I was all right. No, maybe Ray's going to get him on the on the ramp. No, Ray's not going to get him on the ramp. Like, oh, fuck it. Okay, no worries. <laughs> uh, Twenty eight ricochet, ricochet doing some fun stuff with Strowman just now. But this isn't a a purple patch for ricochet at the minute. You know, won the World Cup, but you know. 
let's not act as if that wasn't a promotional tool for the actual World Cup because yeah. Fox was doing it. Um, last nine minutes gets eliminated by Theory. Although did have a really cool spot with Logan Paul in 29th, where the two guys just threw themselves at each other. Let's talk Logan Paul at 29 because Please. I loved it. I fucking loved it. I I think he is great as as a heel, and it looks like we're going to get full on heel Logan Paul. He is insanely athletic. He hey hey he did a buckshot lariat better than the so called best in the world when he attempted it. He didn't break his foot trying it. He's flying through the air, crashing into ricochet. He is perfectly comfortable playing the heel. And honestly, I'm all for it. I thought Logan Paul at 29 was brilliant. I, I've had a <laughs> love-hate relationship with Logan Paul's run in hmm. WWE. I don't, and maybe it's because I'm not a big fan of his his work or his antics before he signed. Oh, I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I'm not a fan of the outside WWE Logan Paul. The Logan Paul in WWE, big fan. He's had some really fun matches, and I'm not going to sit here and act like he's bad. He's very talented at all this. That rumble spot with Ricochet, I was taken aback at how awesome that was. Like, I, like, jumped out of my seat when I was watching it. Like, that's an all-time rumble moment right there, the two of them launching themselves. And I know folks are like, oh, we've done that spot before. Yeah, but this one was the best one. This one was the coolest one of the bunch. Because it, exactly. it's these two guys launching themselves. And and hitting like meat to meat in center of the ring, and you heard the thud, and the crowd and they lost their damn mind when it happened. It was a great moment, but the Logan Paul of all of this, and my heart sank when he came out. I'm like, oh my god, he might win. Like they might give it to him. Um, <laughs> like I was convinced. I was like. Is he about to win this damn thing? I knew Cody was coming out at 30 at this point. Um, but I was like, yo, what if he wins? But thank God I didn't have to worry about that. So we're okay. Yeah. Um, well, I th entered, uh, sorry, finished 28th in the Rumble. Um, or the final three. Uh, second year in a row, a celebrity has been in the final four uh, after Bad Bunny. So... Hey, I have no problem with Bad Bunny and Logan Paul being in the final fours. It's when they start winning it, that's when I'm like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, plus Bad Bunny took an F5, so he's okay. Yeah, I don't mind a Mountain, a mountain Dew pitch black match. I don't like it when a Mountain Dew Code Red wins the Rumble, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> draw, draw that line. But um, let's talk Cody Rhodes, number 30. We knew it was going to be him. Um, what are your thoughts about it being announced ahead of time? And what are your thoughts on his performance in the match? So, in the match, he was great. 
I love the little exchange he and Gunther had to end it. Thought it was awesome. And it really put over Gunther even more so. Um, like he needed it. But I thought him coming out at 30, it was it was kind of predictable to me. Um, especially once the first two entrants came out and it weren't and it and one of them wasn't Cody Rhodes. I didn't mind them announcing it ahead of time. To me, it was just stating the obvious. Cause I always thought to myself, he's going to come back at the Rumble. Of course he is, and he's going to win. So you just telling me in advance, it just validates my feelings on everything. But I also get why people wanted the surprise, even though, again, it's the worst kept secret in wrestling. So you do that, you announce it. Apparently he didn't get cleared until that morning, which is insane. But he, um, he wins the damn thing. To, for a great moment, as you said earlier, memorable moment. But the big highlight to me of this entire match, and it wasn't the individual performances of Sheamus, um, Logan Paul when he showed up, Dominic Mysterio, uh, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins was really good in this rumble too. But the last like seven minutes, seven to eight minutes with Gunther and Cody Rhodes. Gunther had a yeah. historic rumble performance. He didn't need the win. Shit, he might win next year's. Who knows? But <laughs> he he didn't need it. But all time, like shatters the all time record for being in the rumble for an hour. What hour sixteen? Yeah, uh, like one like hour. That's insane. 11 Forty seconds. Eleven. One eleven. So that is insane, right? Because I guess we're not counting the greatest Royal Rumble with Daniel Bryan. So uh, yeah, it says here Gunther set a new longest time spent in a thirty wrestler Royal Rumble. So I think oh okay, a thirty wrestler. So that's how we're gonna do it. Either way, Gunther all time record breaker, mm-hmm. and he makes Cody work for it. Like Cody struggled with getting Gunther out, and like and they were selling the peck. Oh, the peck! Gunther's chopping the peck, the torn peck. Like they were selling the hell out of it, but it, I thought it made for some great stuff, and it made Cody look good, made Gunther look good, and damn, I loved how that rumble ended. Plus, it, I was almost swayed. Hey, if Gunther wins this, I'm not going to be mad. That that was the same. I was sat there going, I kind of hope Gunther wins this now. I think it would, I think it would add an extra layer. My only thing about Rhodes being at thirty, I think. Just for the the wrestler themselves, see if Cody came out maybe about 25 and maybe had an extra 15 minutes in the Rumble, it would have made the, uh, the Gunther battle feel a bit more epic because Cody's there and he's going 30 minutes with a torn, you know, on his first match back, whereas you've got Gunther who's going an hour and he's been in since number one. Plus Austin Theory coming out at number 30, I think w- the crowd would have hated it and it would have just got him more over as a heel. I think he would have been great. In my perfect world... Change. No, and like I, I love everything you just said, too. In my perfect world, I had Rollins and Rhodes starting the matches and Rhodes going the distance. Nice. Mm-hmm. Or, like, or having Rollins and... Like how we saw in the Women's Rumble later having the first two be the last two 
Mm-hmm. The old or, Snake was Bulldog. Right, or like like something like that, right? Or, or Rollins is in the bottom four, he gets eliminated, um, and it's Gunther, Theory, or whoever, and Rhodes. But I wanted Rhodes to be one of the first two. But him coming out of 30, okay, great. But I I still think it made for a great moment. And again, like he did an interview the one time I watched Logan Paul's podcast is because of Cody Rhodes. Um, <laughs> they they wanted like Cody was they were aiming for WrestleMania, not even to the Rumble for Mania. And Cody was like, nah, I want to do the Rumble. And he got cleared that morning. <laughs> like they they announced him two weeks in advance or like a week in advance and he didn't get cleared by medical until he got to the arena like oh yeah you're good like what if he wasn't good <laughs> then what do you do I had put a thing out there that I said I bet you that Cody Rhodes does not make the ring I thought Seth was going to take him out mm, that, was, oh, that was the worst case scenario for me I liked that one, they continued the Seth feud, but two, they found a way to get them both out of the match, uh, get Seth out of the match and into a new program so that Rhodes can win the title before going back to Rollins. Oh, they're I definitely like, going to run it back. Yeah, and I, so it looks like Logan Paul against uh, Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I'm all for that. I think that could be great. Uh, Logan Paul is a natural heel. The fans can't help cheer for Seth Rollins. Let's let's see how ridiculous the outfits get. I'm, I'm just all for it. <laughs> From um, both sides. Yep. Uh, Cody Rhodes in the match for 15 minutes, five eliminations. Logan Paul, Braun Strowman, Austin Theory, Dominic Mysterio, and Gunther. Gunther with a star-making performance. Uh, one hour, 11 minutes and 40 seconds the Continental Champion lasted eliminated former world champions Sheamus and Drew McIntyre both members of the New Day and Hall of Famer Booker T, so not a bad night for Gunther and just coming out of this match itself, it looks like we're going to have Gunther, Sheamus and McIntyre for the IC title we're going to have Lesnar Lashley we're going to have Seth Rollins versus um, Logan Paul. We're going to have Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. We're going to have Edge versus Finn Balor. And we now are going to have Cody Rhodes going for both titles. Both On night two WrestleMania, he's going for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I'll, I'll say it in advance. Do you remember when Keith Lee won both titles in NXT? Yep. And he said, the NXT North American title is a bit not opportunity. I can't deny others the opportunity I have had. So I must gracefully vacate the title as I, as I continue as world champion in NXT. I think Rhodes has made it clear he wants to be the WWE champion because it was the title that eluded his father. And I think he will be Raw's champion while he vacates the universal title. Ooh, I was under the impression that he would truly unify both belts into one and then they run like a tournament on SmackDown for in my head canon and how I want it to be. Uh, they bring back the big gold belt for SmackDown. I mean, if you're going to talk sense and have good ideas, like I'm going to have to agree with you, Chris. So we're just going to talk that. Right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think coming out of... Because I've said... 
I would like it if they split the titles before WrestleMania, but I feel with the Usos and with Roman Reigns, the title runs are so historic now that if you take one belt off them, it dilutes when they get the second belt taken off them. It just has to be one, like, bang, that's it. And I think Sammy and Owens are, you know, we'll get to this in a minute, they're going to be going for the tag titles at WrestleMania. I think they'll have the SmackDown titles and they vacate the Raw one. So the TV after WrestleMania will be looking for new tag champs on Raw. We'll be looking for a new Universal Champion on SmackDown. That's my predictions. You are speaking some sense, man. <laughs> I know, it doesn't happen often. Don't tell people that. Uh, <laughs> let's jump from one Rumble to another. Let's, um, let's talk the Women's Royal Rumble. An hour and one minute and eight seconds. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan both breaking the number one and number two for longest time in the Royal Rumble match. Um, we'll get to numbers one and two in a minute. We'll just kind of take the same form here, if you don't mind. For yeah. The, so, entrance three to ten, Dana Brooke, Emma, Shayna Baszler, Bailey, B-Fab, Roxanne Perez, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. Um, I'm going to start with number three, Dana Brooke. Not for me, I'm sorry. She's been in WWE since 2013, 2014. Just checking here, 2014. It's been nine years. She has had opportunities. She hasn't improved. There's no character there. She's dead weight on the roster here for me. And yeah, I know WWE needs a bigger roster for the women. People at Dana Brooke, I'm sorry. I I just, no, not for me. <laughs> I need her gone. She's she's like how Natalia has been the last few years where like at this point she's there for like squash matches or fun little gimmicks. It's a bummer. Uh but she she's just been around and I feel like WWE are really just um it's not even just not even just a WWE problem, like it's a problem across wrestling. You can only have so many big matches with women in them but now that the roster the women's rosters are slowly getting bigger like they're just going to get lost in the shuffle even more so than they were before yeah. and dana i feel like it's the biggest casualty of all of that um so dana emma and shana baszler number three four and five uh, all eliminated by the entirety of damage control or a combination of them uh shana baszler no eliminations eliminated in 13 minutes the first Royal Rumble, she hasn't uh, managed an elimination. And it looks as if they've set up a match for WrestleMania with her because Dakota Kai, Eosky and Bailey eliminating and taunting her. Rumours are coming out it's going to be Shayna and Ronda going up against Damage Control for the women's tag titles. That... Oh, we'll see how folks react to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Shayna, but I'm kind of done with Ronda. But I wouldn't mind. It certainly puts the women's tag titles in a big position. And with the results on NXT last night, with Chance and Carter uh, dropping the belts and with Toxic Attraction, basically ran their course in NXT, in my opinion. It would be interesting to have new teams coming up 
because then we could have a fully fledged women's tag division. I I've been wondering what they're gonna do with Toxic Attraction, especially once Mandy was uh, unceremoniously released, and having the women's tags tag titles actually like you know defended would be nice. Uh, I think they I think Eel Sky and Dakota Kai they've only defended the belts like twice or three times, something like that. It's like I know they're at this point they're just a part of the Bailey Becky feud, but give them something to do. Damn, like I said, you have you're you're slowly increasing the women's rosters. Like, how about we just make tag teams or better yet, NXT, who has had some great women tag matches. Why don't we do something about that? You know, like, but we'll, we'll see. But I, I agree with you on the Rhonda bit. Rhonda is still a name in sports entertainment or what, whether it's entertainment or combat sports, like she's still a name and putting the women's tag belts on her will be the biggest spotlight. Those tag belts have probably ever had. Yeah, I agree. Um, Bailey, Dakota Kai and Eos Kai, we've already talked about. B-Fab making her debut in the Women's Rumble. Uh, None of Hit Row were in the Rumble due to the fact that uh, they lost the qualifying matches, but 36 seconds back out. um, Doesn't look like we're going to see much of B-Fab anytime soon. Uh, uh, I mean, Hit Row, they're just... it's not the same without Swerve. And that's been their biggest problem. And it's not their fault. I think they're all... They, they found a, their niche on SmackDown, but BFAB, maybe with time, we'll see where she grow, where she goes. But she's been a part of Hit Row's whole issue of they're not the same without Swerve. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think... And wasn't it like Vince originally wanted top dollar? Like he was the guy he wanted. Right, yeah. And uh, and he's just like out here and shoving matches with Ricochet in backstage <laughs> segments. <laughs> yeah, like what the hell? Dropping diss tracks that are that are he's just and it's it's hard being it's hard doing a rapper gimmick where the other big pro wrestling company, North America, also has a guy doing a rapper gimmick. And he's incredibly over. Yeah, like it's it's hard to do that. I'm not saying there can only be one rapper gimmick in wrestling, but it's hard to compare, especially when if Max Caster and AEW is absolutely crushing it on a weekly basis. It's hard. It's hard to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's. Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not going to beat Max Caster, and certainly not going to beat the acclaimed at the minute because the acclaimed are over as anything. Um, Roxanne Perez, it was fun to see her uh, for a brief yeah. cameo. Yeah, even though she was eliminated quite early, it took three people to eliminate her. She did make a good account of herself. And good to see her getting more and more of a push. As somebody who drafted her for the ESSR tag, um, that we're doing the next couple months. I am over the moon on Roxanne Perez. I think I I think she is. She she may not be the future, but she's a part of the future of women's wrestling, especially 
in WWE, 100%. They are not letting her go anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. She is only, I believe, 21. I don't even think she's that old. She could Which be is one insane. The, she's one for the present in NXT just now. I hope she gets a good run with it. And I hope they don't rush her up onto the main roster. I exactly. think you could easily keep her in NXT another two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Her and Cora Jade, the both of them. Like, and I was surprised. Uh, I know Cora in this. Um, I know they had a bunch of NXT folks in this, as you, as we'll list off in a minute. But Roxanne is a star, and I think that is an understatement somehow. Yeah. Uh, so let's go from entrance eleven to twenty. Uh, Natalia, uh, <laughs> just let it go, Natalia. Like, I want to build my own legacy while still using my uncle's theme music, my dad's attire. Yeah, great. Absolutely great, Natalia. Um, it's like when Million Dollar Man Jr., Ted DiBiase, wanted to forge his own path. Yeah, that's, that's great. Give your dad back that belt then. Uh, Candice LeRae, Zoe Stark, 26 minutes she lasted in the Rumble. Good, yeah. uh, good cameo for her. Zia Lee, Becky Lynch, Tegan Knox, Asuka, Piper Niven, not Dewdrop, Tamina, and Chelsea Green. Let's let's talk about the bad here first. We've talked about Natalia, and mercifully, she was eliminated in three minutes. Uh, Tamina, to me, is everything I said about Dana Brooke and more. Not good, not over, really only there because of her family. That's That's entirely my opinion on Tamina. I'm sorry, she's absolutely horrendous uh um yeah i with with tamina like i forget that she's around and like i know she's like again she's probably backstage like she's probably pivotal to the women's locker room um but it's the same as natalia and as dana brooke like they're they're not winning the strap anytime soon you know like it's i I, I'm just I'm glad to still see that they're here, but even in their performances, like Tamina was eliminated by Michelle McCool. Like, what? <laughs> like the the woman who uh, I mean, who is a Hall of Famer by by many by my account and many others. Um, like, she got eliminated by someone who in street clothes. Who's yeah. WWE royalty, you know? Like, come on. Someone who's eating jelly babies with her children before. <laughs> All right, it's like this, like, I hear eating popcorn, sipping on Pepsi. Oh, they're playing my music. I got to go. <laughs> oh, damn, I've got horrible. <laughs> right, like, this is, it's nuts. But um, I'm, uh, yes, but there's a lot of good in this chunk, too. There's a lot of good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about a, a short but sweet, quite funny return chelsea green the entrance she eats up every cheer every pop i'm back you should love me eating up everything and then immediately gets the bushwhacker look treatment and goes from one end of the ring to the other and is thrown from the ring oh by rhea ripley five seconds she lasted looks like she's going to get a sort of uh, can I speak to the manager gimmick going forward? I thought this I, was hilarious. I thought that was funny when she showed up. And they, I know like it's not a great look, but 
it's kind of apropos for Chelsea Green's career in WWE on and off. Like, like every time she got a chance on the main roster, it would just immediately get shat on by something, whether it be injury or something else. And it 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 fit. It made sense to me somehow, some way. I love the Chelsea Green bit. Uh, Zoe Stark showing up from NXT. That was fun. Zoe Stark's incredibly good at wrestling. And I love her NXT. But, I mean, let's let's be real. The real, the real good piece of the teens of the Women's Rumble was Asuka. Oh, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, holy hell. The, the pop her music got and then the zoom into her face as she took the mask off and the cheer when people saw the face paint. It's when there's a gimmick that's so recognizable with one person that you want them to have. It's amazing what just a, a lick of face paint can do. Like it was amazing. And Oscar had a great showing too. Like yep. the the presentation. All the face paint and the I think it was Corey Graves because uh, he's he's the voice of of all the he's he's the voice of all of us on commentary referring all to her history in Japan and who she was before she got to WWE and the side of her that we've been waiting to see for a long time since she showed up in WWE proper. But Asuka, my God, like I've this is the most excited I've been for an Oscar run in a very long time. And it, since and it, and it, we'll talk about uh, who w- wins this um, in a minute, but I am eager to see Oscar's role in WrestleMania. If it goes the way I want it to, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely, Oscar. The big shot, uh, Becky Lynch at fifteen. So we dilute at fourteen, eliminated by Selena Vega in fifteen minutes. Uh, Becky Lynch only in there for ten minutes, gets two eliminations. Uh, eliminates uh, both members of damage control before Bailey gets her. But really good to have main eventers in there, sort of the way that the men's rumble had with the Lashley Lesnar thing, where it was two big main event people, but they were quite early in the match and they didn't overstay their welcome. They got out of the way before the final bit, giving other people a chance to shine. Yeah, like, and Becky didn't need to hang around this for a while. Like, we already knew, we know what Becky's capable of doing. She's like how I was talking about Drew McIntyre earlier. You can just plug him into the world title picture, and it would make sense to everybody. Becky's like that for the women. You can throw her into any program, and it's going to work. It's going to make sense. Like, oh, she got she got a title shot? Oh, yeah, it's because she's Becky Lynch and she's the shit. Like, yeah. that's, that's it. But it progresses the story with Bailey. That I haven't disliked. I dig this. I uh, I'm I'm a fan of how they've been doing the Becky Bailey stuff. While not perfect, I'm I'm still uh, fingers crossed it doesn't uh, go up in flames anytime soon. But I I like this. And you mentioned Piper Nevin. Like oh my god, no more dewdrop. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it was amazing. Um... And the the little nod to her uh, character Viper, she strikes like a viper, and we're like, ah, 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 he uh, said it. <laughs> he said the thing. Um, 
Zelina Vega coming out, uh, number 21, uh, dressed as, who was it she was dressed as from Street Fighter? Oh, man. Uh, was yeah, it, me... I, I, I do not know. It was, um, oh, God. You put me on the spot here. Oh, Jerry from Street Fighter. Who? Jerry Hahn. All right. Oh, so I Street Fighter, right? I got that right then. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I had to. I had to laugh um, because obviously, in the never-ending AEW WWE feud, no two people are allowed to like the same thing. And when Zelina Vega came out, who does play that character in the video game, apparently. Um, there was a Reddit post online, people upset that Kenny Omega was not in the game. I bet you he knows more than Street Fighter about Zelina Vega. And it had all the legitimacy of an argument of two five-year-olds going, I think the Tyrannosaurus Rex is a better dinosaur because he... <laughs> like, who cares? Is it possible that they both like a game? Like, grow up. More than two people like video games. Austin Creed has a whole series about it. Right, it's like, who gives a shit? Exactly. Uh, Zelina Vega, 21, Raquel Rodriguez, Mia Yim, Lacey Evans, Michelle McCool, Indy Hartwell, a shock one there. Uh, Shout out. Sonya Deville, Shotzi, no longer Blackheart, Nikki Cross, and... Uh, <laughs> 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 It blocked us from my mind. Nia Jax shows up for all of one minute and 57 seconds at number 30. Asuka, Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Michelle McCool, Nikki Cross, Piper Niven, Raquel Rodriguez, Rhea Ripley, Shotzi and Sonya Deville all gang up on her and throw her over the top rope. Uh, a couple things before Nia Jax, right? Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, she's going to be the shit. They're really, they're really making her look damn good um, the last few months or last couple months. And in this rumble, she had a really great showing. Uh, I mean, Rhea had to be the one to eliminate her, but Raquel, she's yeah, she's going to be good. She'll be champ relatively soon. Um, Michelle McCool, I already talked about Michelle uh, coming in from the crowd. She's front row. And she was talking before the Rumble, like, doing press or on Twitter or whatever. She was like, oh, like, the Rumble's down the street. They didn't call me. Of course. Come on. Um, <laughs> it's like, don't work me, Michelle. Uh, love seeing Indy Hartwell in this. Uh, I'm a big Indy Hartwell mark. And it's a matter of time before she goes to the main roster. So the whole, so the way can be reunited. Minus Austin Theory. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but Nia Jax, I cracked the hell up when she showed up because I knew what the reaction was going to be. I was so excited to watch the internet burn the second Nia Jax's music hit. And they botched her entrance. She, yep. Her music started playing early. And yeah, it was before the countdown. And <laughs> 10, 9, 10, 9. I'm not <laughs> Oh, they nailed it! They crushed it. Did you hear the story about Nia Jax at last year's Rumble? 
No, God, no, what happened? So, so she wasn't there because this is when um, WWE announced ahead of time that the likes of Mickey James, um, Michelle McCool, the Bellas, Summer Rae and all that would be appearing at the Rumble because they basically fired everyone. And right. Nia Jax got a phone call. Hey, um, we need you for the Rumble. Would you like to? Would you like to be considered? Yeah, that's great. I'll come down. I'll come be in the Rumble. No, no, we're we're putting together a list of like fifty women, so we can give it to Vince, and he can pick of the fifty women who he likes. And she's like, so you're telling me I can't take any bookings or any any acting jobs or any modelling gigs because I'm going to have to wait about to see if I'm picked from a 50-woman list. And she was just like, yeah, I think I'm going to politely decline, if you don't mind. But yeah, that was that that makes me even more surprised she came back. Apparently, it was just a one-off. It certainly was a pointless one-off. But, oh my God. So, (laughs) uh, Raquel Rodriguez, I agree with you, is going to be absolutely amazing. Mia Yim... um, not my cup of tea. I don't think she's bad. I don't think she needs to be released like Tamina and Dana Brooke. I think she's got a place on the roster. Just for me, I just don't really like her. Um, Lacey Evans was a thing that happened. <laughs> Gimmick number 85. I don't think you're ever going to beat uh, Lacey Evans' original gimmick, the Sassy Southern Belle. I just thought I oh, thought that was man. great. Just she wasn't there yet in the ring. And I think they put her with Becky Lynch too soon. Becky Lynch, when she had taken women's wrestling to a point where the matches were must-watch and in the main event of pay-per-views, putting her in there with Lacey Evans, who wasn't ready yet, was a mistake. And now I think it's 2023, that feud was in 2019, and she still hasn't fully recovered. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many times they're going to have to reboot Lacey Evans' character, but just something about it doesn't work. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I I don't envy her. I kind of feel bad for her. Yeah. Um, Michelle McCool jumps out from the crowd because in the words of David Campbell, yeah, get in there and wrestle as soon as you can't wheel your husband out anymore. No, oh, God damn. <laughs> the, you got to do the Undertaker like that. That's crazy. Oh. Uh, Sonia Deville comes in uh, gets three eliminations decent showing before being eliminated by Asuka I don't know why you would risk injuring yourself in the Rumble on a Saturday when you have a guaranteed title match on the Friday but hey ho uh, you never know Shotzi and Nikki Cross are there they kind of just fill up the last few people but let's talk about um, the final three and the final sort of Final sort of uh, sequence. They're on the they're on the apron. Asuka goes for the mist on Rhea Ripley. She hits Liv Morgan. Morgan throws Ripley into um, Asuka, causing Asuka to fall to the floor. And then Rhea Ripley hangs on and Hurricane Rana's Liv Morgan out of the ring for the victory. Great! I I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a great ending. I thought it was good of WWE to use a few legends. So one, two, three 
NXT stars, one person who's just came back, and two former superstars. So one, two, six people of 24 went in WWE before the match, and now one of them is. So it was very much a case of using what you had, much like the Men's Rumble. I enjoyed it, but it does show that WWE has some people who maybe need a bit more time to develop. And they have people like Natalia, Tamina and Dana Brooke where you've went as far as you can with these guys. It's time to go. Yeah, I I was expecting, I mean, in the last last couple of men's ones, they've been avoiding using NXT talent. But uh, the ones that were chosen for the women's one this year um, were, I thought that like the choices were good. Um, there weren't it wasn't bogged down by so many legend returns which is awesome um but like you said with the finale the finale again that's where the money's at to me because like Liv morgan and rhea ripley um have all-time show showings obviously rhea winning the match and oscar gosh she's gonna do some great stuff in the next few months like she's already terrifying on raw but watching her live and realize that's that's going to be women's wrestling this year for WWE. Those three, like yeah, if Liv, like I I don't know what Liv's plan is. If there's a clear plan for her between now and Mania, but oh man, like she they made her look great in defeat. She I lasted know. just as long as Rhea did, but yeah. Rhea just happened to win the match. I know there's um, like a lot of people don't like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and they felt the sort of missed WrestleMania Battle Royal was the women's version of that. But I wouldn't mind if they brought it back and it's a case of you win this, you get your choice of world title match at the next pay-per-view. So WrestleMania Backlash, your number one contender. And it just gives us a clear like path post-WrestleMania for people. I wouldn't mind if Liv Morgan was in that and Liv Morgan won that Battle Royal. Just as a as a spotlight on the WrestleMania card and something to to give her, even just keep the momentum running. Yeah, like she had, I know she probably won't have a title match at WrestleMania, which is a bummer, but um, like she's still super over and fans obviously love her. And they think highly of her. Geez, she went over an hour in the Rumble. So, like, there's there's a place for Liv. Uh, where exactly, I don't know. But Asuka seems like this is a clear plan for her, especially on the Raw side of things. And with what Rhea's doing at Mania, uh, thing, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun in the next couple months. Um, so, Cody Rhodes is going after Roman Reigns in both titles. Rhea Ripley had the option of uh, Bianca Belair, who we'll talk about in a minute, for the Raw Women's title. We all thought the story was there, um, given the fact that she was Bianca's number one contender uh, post-joining, pardon me, the Judgment Day. She has also came up as the NXT champion before. Many people thought, oh, maybe, maybe she could go do something like that, but She's chosen to take on Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley basically gave her the props and said, 
at WrestleMania, I went up against the best and lost because I challenged her. She talks about how she, Charlotte Flair took the women's title from her when she won it on, at WrestleMania against Asuka a few years ago. And Rhea Ripley is basically gunning for um, Charlotte Flair to sort of right a wrong in her mind. And I, I like that long-term storytelling. It's went from WrestleMania 36 till now. That long-term storytelling where Rhea Ripley can't quite get the job done and it doesn't sit right with her. And she could take the easy route, but no, she's going after the SmackDown Women's Champion. At first, I was bothered by it because uh, I wanted to see Ripley Belair very, 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 very bad. <laughs> but but now I'm I I feel I feel good with the Charlotte Ripley stuff. It's going to be great. The match is going to rock. Like they're both incredibly talented wrestlers. I was just selfishly rooting for the Ripley Belair, but it seems like Asuka is going to be the one wrestling Belair. Like just from what what being played for the Nation Chamber. Like I just have an idea that is probably going to be Asuka. Because mm-hmm. Belair is probably going to drop the strap. She's held the belt for a very long time. <laughs> well, it will, it will be a year if yeah. she makes it to WrestleMania, which I imagine she will. Um, right. But yeah, uh, we talked about... Um, I was going to say we'll talk about it in this show, but we're at an hour and 25 just now. We've got a lot to talk about from the Universal title fallout. So we'll probably talk about NXT take over on our next central during the week along with all the fallout for this past week's Raw heading at Elimination Chamber so this will probably just be our Royal Rumble review <laughs> but um, yeah um, John Isherwood said that after watching NXT TakeOver it feels that Braun Breaker and Bianca Belair are both at that stage where they've taken the title as far as they can go the matches don't have any meaning anymore and the title needs to come off them. They're just kind of running through people. And yeah, for me, Bianca, Asuka, it's the right match. It's the right match. Um, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte's the right match. And it just adds to that massive list of matches we were talking about earlier that we could be getting over two nights of WrestleMania. It could be an absolute barn burner. Yeah, we'll we'll see how they do it. I mean, they can Triple H could easily change his mind and have Liv be the one, have Liv Belair, but then they're both baby faces. It's I guess I don't even know how you'd classify Asuka at this point, but with how how women's wrestling has been for WWE the past few months, which by the way, I'm a really big fan of that. Like how they've been booking everybody. But this rumble made me very excited for the future. So Hell yeah. Just, I just want good stuff. And if it's Asuka Belair, I'm more than happy with that, especially with this version of Asuka who looks like she's ready to kill somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about the other matches on the card. Uh, we'll, we'll try burn through the pitch black match. Let's talk about something good before we talk about that. Let's talk about Pat McAvee returning and Michael Cole popping as if Pat McAvee was an entrance and an entrant in the Royal Rumble. Yo, um, apparently Michael Cole and Corey Graves had no idea McAfee was coming out. Mm-hmm. And that made for a really sweet moment to start the pay-per-view. 
or the premium live event made it great because uh, you got a genuine Michael Cole reaction, uh, an on character, on brand Corey Graves reaction. But it made and it added to the whole broadcast. Granted, I I thought it was funny that Pat had no idea what was going on at WWE TV. Yeah. So he was he was asking questions the entire show. How much does this guy weigh? <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, what's been going on with them the last couple weeks? You know, like it's like Pat, um, just you know your role and you excel at it. Just keep doing that. But I I I loved that moment. And it was the start of the show. It was awesome. Yeah, a really fun moment and Corey Graves healing up. Michael Cole clearly going off script and not giving a shit, going, my friend, my friend's back. Right. So from the the lovely and sweet to the over-sugared Mountain Dew pitch black match, um, Bray Wyatt and Elliot Knight, both these guys deserve so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Whose game is it? I'll tell you. It's not LA Knight's. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> LA Knight and his luminous trunks. Bray Wyatt. And a really cool gear. Uh, you know, with the, the face paint and the, the luminous paint coming off when the lights went, uh, sorry, lighting up when the lights went off. <clears throat> Bray Wyatt, they, they never know how to thread that line, do they? Or thread the needle or walk that line with Bray Wyatt. He's either an attraction and they put him in silly matches like this or he's used every week and he loses matches he shouldn't and it just kind of takes away from the presentation. I thought this was fun for a bit, but Oh my god! Watching it back, I was just like, "Nah, this is this is not it." And hey, apparently, WWE get paid one million dollars for the sponsorship of the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. So, fair play to WWE. I'm sure Mountain Dew don't give a crap that um, the match wasn't great. They just wanted their their logo all over everything, and it was. <laughs> but yeah, this was. A waste of both guys' times. God bless LA Knight. I watched his interview with Chris Van Vliet leading into this, and he kept saying how um, there was like, like he even he didn't know what to expect out of the pitch black match. And essentially, what it was, it was a regular wrestling match, and everything is just like there's there's black light, everything. And uh, LA Knight died at the end when when <laughs> Uncle Howdy like like yeah. over jumped the the jump off of off of some scaffolding and he missed LA Knight completely, but there was like a big like effect thing where it's like, damn, like is LA Knight dead canonically? Um what what the hell is going on here? First of all, Mountain Dew pitch black. Is a tasty beverage. I'm not going to sit here and, and lie to you. I've had it before, I, and it's, I it's don't all right. Know if it's available in the UK. There's, there's like you're not missing got, much. Yeah, we've got these weird. Um, they're called American candy stores, and the word American is used quite liber- uh, loosely, where it's just like <laughs> some of them are really, really good, 
and it's like every American candy that you can't get over here with a massive markup because obviously they've had to have it imported. Other ones are like massive stores that are basically glorified uh, convenience stores with a couple of butterfingers in them. That's it. So <laughs> I'll need to check one of the better ones and see if Pitch Black's available. Yeah, but if it's not, you're not missing too much. But the thing with the thing with Bray Wyatt, okay. So there are there are all these reports, all these rumors, how top guys don't want to work with Bray because he's so driven on the character stuff. And we obviously see that on the TV that he cares a ton about the lore. And you can you send me this interview that he did with Ryan Satin, how how Bray said that the fiend's dead. There won't be any more fiend, right? And frankly, I don't want to see The Fiend anymore. That happened. And after the WrestleMania conclusion, it seems like a logical place to stop. And plus, I guess we're reeling Alexa Bliss back into all of this. But, like, let's... I, I don't want to... I don't want to get lost in the Bray Wyatt stuff because it's so different than anything else on WWE programming. Frankly, it's so different than anything else in pro wrestling right now for better and for worse. It's both. Like it makes I think he's his dedication to the character and stuff is awesome to his own lore, at, like behind the Bray Wyatt character. It's awesome, but it's hard to do a wrestling show around that. Yeah, you're telling me this I, is all about pro wrestling at the end of the day. It's yeah, it doesn't look like it. I think see if you're going to do Bray Wyatt, you do you do it the way you did. Post two thousand four Undertaker, right? Where he still had the spooky gimmick, he still had the long entrance, but he, the the most spooky thing was he like he shot thunder to the ring. He you know the lights went out and he appeared behind his opponent to either attack him or give him a fright, and every so often he'd take a couple of weeks off TV, and he doesn't do outside interviews. He does his own promos. He doesn't break character. I think if you're going to go that direction with Bray Wyatt, it could work. But you can't have... I know Bray Wyatt's a massive horror fan. You cannot bring a convincing version of Freddy or Jason or Michael Myers to a wrestling product because at the end, we know you're not going to kill these people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, So you, there's no... There's no element of danger that your favourite character might get killed off as there is in a horror film. So I think they need... To, I know he's very driven on the character. I don't know if he would tone it down the way Undertaker toned down the character from 04 till his retirement. But yeah, it's just... We know he can have great matches, just great matches off the cuff. Why can't we just do... I know he doesn't want to do cult leader Bray because obviously uh, you mentioned that before. I'll, I'll just read it just now. Uh, so he said uh, on cult leader Bray, the Hawaiian shirt Bray, who he was, he can't be without Brody to me. It's not the same. It can't be. It's just disrespectful to my best friend. I get that. I understand. Uh, on The Fiend, you mentioned The Fiend died that day in Tampa, Florida at WrestleMania. The Fiend's not a goof in a mask, that's ridiculous to me. It was so much more. And once you see what they come from and how they sculpt and mould me as a human being, but he died that day and it can never be again. So 
yeah. Can we not just find something that works with them, a, a, a variation of the characters, and just run with that and not have to do so many kooky, goofy things? Like, protect him like you protected The Undertaker. But we're asking him to do essentially, hey, can you try and do the cult leader Bray thing again? You can still do your we- you can still do your kooky horror stuff, but we want you to do the Bray Wyatt cult leader thing where you also are a good wrestler and you have great wrestling matches. You can still do the, the creepy stuff though. But yeah. in reality, Bray Wyatt doesn't obviously at his first match back in months. On TV, I should say, because I guess he was doing some house shows. His first televised match was at the Rumble. He'd been back since, what, October? Whenever yep. he came back? So, like, it's been months, and he's wrestled one match on TV. And it was a gimmick match at Royal Rumble that lasted not even ten minutes. Yep. And five LA Knight... Yeah, five minutes, and and LA Knight, who's, who carried the feud on his back... He was the guy. Yeah. He was yeah. the guy that was like bringing it every week. And he had to work against that. And I think it's a testament to LA Knight and how they view him. Because, my God. And I don't want him to become the guy where if someone returns, he's their first feud, like a Ziggler type. I don't want that. Yeah. Because yeah. LA Knight yeah. deserves yeah. so much more <laughs> than that. And this feud, they better reward the shit out of him for doing yeah, that, for doing absolutely. it for as long as he did. But Bray Wyatt, I'm curious to see where they go now. Because what do you do? This is, at the end of the day, this is a pro wrestling soap opera. And he's nailing the character part. But now how do you work that into actual wrestling and have it make sense to where not everything is spooky and supernatural and have these crazy ass effects. That's a dance that I do not envy Triple H dancing towards or with with Bray Wyatt. But we'll see how it goes. And apparently they're dragging Alexa Bliss back into it. Who honestly was pretty damn good with the Fiend stuff. But yeah. now, let's see how it goes. Let's talk about the post-match. Um, <laughs> poor Pat McAvee, who clearly didn't know anything that was going on. The Uncle Howdy was meant to be this feared character. And he's like, who the hell is that? That's Uncle Howdy. Well, howdy doody. And it just completely killed anything the character was going to do. Uncle Howdy. Shane McMahon clearly plays him because he overshoots the jump. (laughs) In fairness, I did mind him overshooting the jump for the simple fact that the aim was to get him in the pit so you could burn him. So you don't need to hit him on the way in. You just need to get him in the pit. In fairness, the fire does the rest. But yeah. He didn't even get there. He overshot it. He overshoots the jump. Um, he the, the flames go up. And then we see the characters from the funhouse, the pig, the buzzard, and the sister Abigail, the real-life versions, not the dolls, Looking over, looking on is Bray Wyatt with the that fiend was mask. my favorite part. With the fiend mask, who he said is dead, uh, screams into oblivion. Um, a weird night all round. Bianca Belair via Alexa Bliss for the Robins Championship. I'm not really going to talk about this match much, mainly because I've watched the Rumble twice now. I've watched it once live and once back. 
And each time I just couldn't get into this match. I just, the first time I just couldn't keep my eyes on it. And the second time I wasn't interested. Um, I don't, it, I think, was, it, it stuck out like a sore thumb compared to everything else on the card. Like yes. you had, they had the two rumble matches. You had the bloodline main event. You had the pitch black match because of the novelty and the gimmick. And then you had this, right? Like it, it just stuck out. And I, I, I felt bad for the two of them, especially where they were placed on the card. Like there was no good place for them to go. Like you almost just shouldn't have had this match on the pay-per-view, but I know you had to, you got to get your five matches in, mm-hmm. but it, I felt bad for them. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the most over angle in wrestling. Uh, the Bloodline, <clears throat> Roman Reigns, uh, going up against Kevin Owens for the Undisputed Universal WWE Championship. On the pre-show, uh, Roman says to Solo and says to Solo and the Usos, you're back here, Sammy, you're with me the whole night. I think that was basically setting people up for do not expect Sammy Zayn in the Rumble. Um Roman Reigns with Sami Zayn against Kevin Owens. The match itself, a, a good, decent match. Uh, we've seen these guys wrestle three times at the Royal Rumble for the Undisputed, uh, for the Universal title, sorry, three times. So, once with KO as champion, once with Roman as champion, and now once with Roman as Undisputed Universal WWE champion. So, good match. Kevin Owens puts a good showing in, but Roman Reigns ultimately hits the spear. But let's talk about after the match, will we? Because I think that's where everyone everyone wanted to see and everyone wants to talk about. So, they beat down Kevin Owens. The Bloodline, uh, Solisco and the Usos come down. They cuff uh, Kevin Owens. Super kick after super kick after super kick. Um... Solo hits him with a big Samoan spike. And then Sami Zayn says, that's enough. And all he does is stand up to Roman Reigns and the entire crowd bites. The ripplings of, <clears throat> oh. It's when you know something's about to happen and everyone's trying not to lose their shit at this point. Um, The... He then says to Sammy, take the chair and do it. It gets in Sammy's face. The crowd start getting excited. They start cheering Sammy. Paul Heyman's on the ring beg, uh, ring apron begging Sammy, just listen to him. Just listen to him. Just get, just get it over with. Just listen to him. And then in a pop that I don't think we've heard in WWE for some time, Sammy Zayn takes the chair and instead of hitting Kevin Owens... He hits Roman Reigns in the back, shield esque. Roman Reigns falls to the <laughs> falls to the mat. Paul Heyman sells it like he sold the Undertaker's streak ending. And Sami Zayn, knowing that an ass whooping's coming his way, turns, holds his hands out, and just says to the Usos and Solo, "I'm sorry." Ten out of ten for everything that happened after. Owens and Roman because if you told me a year ago that the guy doing stunts with the guy the guy making a Jackass film twenty years after Jackass was popular was going to <laughs> was going to have a serious conversation to overtake Cody Rhodes and go into the main event of WrestleMania, 
I would have laughed at you, but yet here we are. Okay, so first of all, before I talk about this match, Jackass Forever is one of my favorite movies of last year. So I, <laughs> oh, I, will, no, I, will, not, I will not I'm hear any, any slander <laughs> on Jackass. None. <laughs> I'm not here for that. Uh, <laughs> secondly, the... Okay. We, we all knew this moment was coming at some point. Where Sammy does something, or the bloodline turns on him, or he turns on the bloodline. We all knew it was going to come at some point. A lot of folks were expecting it to be at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. You know, Sami Zayn, home, hometown crowd, and he gets the shit kicked out of him. Crowd loses it and goes ballistic. But this moment that admittedly went on for a little too long because they dragged it out a ton. They didn't need to, but I'll for, I, I forgave them the second the chair hit Roman in the back. Because because the crowd almost blew out the mics, how loud they were. And me at home with my buddies at the and my rumble watch party, we all collectively gasped. And it was something we knew was coming. The second Roman handed him the chair, you knew what was happening. You knew what was gonna happen. And a lot of folks probably had the same thought that I did. Roman's gonna sell it the same way he sold. Rollins hitting him when the shield broke up all those years ago. And that's exactly what he did. And my favorite part of the whole thing, after Kevin is handcuffed to the ropes, getting the shit literally kicked off his face, right? He looks at the, he looks at Solo and the Usos, and he doesn't even try attacking them. He just accepts his fate right there. In the moment, and Solo and Jimmy proceed to beat the living hell out of him. And Jay, wanting nothing to do with the moment, rolls out of the ring and walks away from everybody from Zane, from Roman, the entire bloodline, everybody. And that pop was almost as big as Sammy's that he got minutes prior. Mm. Where Jay walked out, and the crowd's like, oh my God, like now this is real. There's so many layers to what's going on. And on SmackDown, uh, following the Rumble, Roman wants Zayn at Elimination Chamber. He, how he's gonna tear he's gonna tear Zane apart in front of his family, like how Zayn tore his family apart from the inside. It's this this feud. This is the most this is the most I've ever been invested in a Roman Reigns thing. I was never a big Roman Reigns guy. Never. And I was intrigued at Roman's character the second Zayn started being with him. Because I'm, I'm a big Sami Zayn, Mark. So the past few months have been great for me. Because now I'm, I, I get to enjoy Roman Reigns for the first time in his wrestling career since The Shield. Oh, okay, great. Cool. But this moment after the Rumble, or after the, the match, the main event match, the Rumble, it was insane. And I am just encapsulated in how awesome this moment is. And we're not even done. We're now in the last chapter. We're in the third act of this movie. This, this eight-month movie that we've been watching. We are finally on the come-up. What's going to happen at Elimination Chamber? What's going to happen at WrestleMania? Because obviously Sami Zayn's going to do something at WrestleMania. What is that exactly? 
So it doesn't look like the belts. Apparently since October, when Owens and Roman was is when Roman and Owens was first planned and also Sami Zayn was also planned around about that time as well. They've done this before with um Roman where they booked, you know, multiple feuds in a row when it was meant to be Orton, a uh, Riddle and then McIntyre, and unfortunately Orton get injured, so they had to drag out the Riddle uh, feud a bit longer. I think Mania is going to be Sammy and KO, and it's going to be like, see when the Shield reunited, when Ambrose took a while to trust Rollins. It's going to be like that. It's going to be, KO will save Sammy, I think, at the Chamber. Sammy will try to talk to Owens, and Owens will basically be like, no, no, you saved me, I saved you, we're even. I meant what I said after War Games, I don't want anything to do with you. And then eventually circumstance will draw them together. I think the two of them, I think they'll open WrestleMania against the Usos. I think WrestleMania opens with the Usos and the start of the bloodline crumbling and ends with Cody taking both titles from Roman Reigns. I mean, you're you're just speaking my language. You know, <laughs> you you are you are just echoing my, my thoughts, my brain because like folks are in the whole internet wrestling community has been so gross lately. It's trying to compare Cody to 2014 Batista when he won the rumble and it was like, yeah. it should have been Daniel Bryan, which at that point I should have, but folks are like, the same as should won the rumble. No, he, he didn't need to. He exactly. Didn't need to win. I don't think he does, and I actually think it's better. Let's see if we wait that, you know, Cody with the WWE Championship after Mania. Let's see how the crowd takes him, because the internet wrestling community is a very small portion of the wrestling community. Yes. Cody yes. got cheered when he made his entrance. Cody got cheered when he won. Cody yes. got cheered on Raw, and then got cheered on Raw when he won again. I yes. think he's going to have a little mini feud at Elimination Chamber with the Judgment Day. I think he might team with Edge, uh, Edge and Mysterio, to take on the Judgment Day and Rhea Ripley. Uh, Beth Phoenix will be there as well, sorry. Uh, and then he'll be full steam ahead to WrestleMania. And, yeah, I see, after WrestleMania, see if crowds aren't into Cody. You can always bring Sammy back and turn Cody heel and have Sammy uh, Cody be incredibly jealous that you know Sammy's took his moment or something like that. You know, you can always do that later. But right now, Cody was always the plan. And I said the best thing that could have happened to Cody Rhodes was that injury. For the simple fact that it took him he had three great matches with Seth Rollins. Yep. He had a handful of good matches on Raw with the likes of the Miz and that. Yep. He then disappears from WWE TV, doesn't become stale, doesn't have all those oh nearly moments with matches because he can't win it yet because it needs to be at WrestleMania. Yeah. And then he comes back and he wins the Rumble. I am not for this. Well, what if he fights Sammy one night and Cody the other night? Because Roman Reigns cannot lose two nights in a row at WrestleMania. He simply can't. Just you have put all your booking from SummerSlam 2020 
until WrestleMania 2023 into this one guy. You could not have him go unbeaten for three years and then be beatable in two nights. Yeah. It, it just doesn't happen. That's and a good point. You either have, because Cody goes last because he's the Rumble winner, you either have Sammy lose and the crowd hate it, or you have Cody lose and you waste a Rumble winner. And I don't want to see either of them, to be honest with you. So, and that's all. Oh, let's make it a triple threat. No, let's not. Sammy no, hell thing. no. Sammy and KO reuniting, taking on the Usos, helping take down the bloodline, and then Cody standing tall and fulfilling his family's destiny. Perfect storylines. Equally and, important storylines. And people are getting it like, and I, I've had this conversation already in the last two days with some buddies where they're like, oh, because I told them, oh, it's going to be Zane Owens against the Usos at Mania. That's my guess if it's up to me. And they're like, but what about Jay? What do you mean? Jay's going to turn on Sammy at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, 100%. That, like that, and it's going to make for an incredible moment because Jay's going to pick his family over Zane. That, like, I'm sorry. Like, I know um, at the show, like, they're going to wrestle and Roman's going to beat Zane and Roman's going to proceed to beat the hell out of Zane. And then Jim, or, uh, then Solo's going to come out, whoever. Then Jay's going to come out. To this big ass pop. Oh my god, Jay's here to save Sammy. No, he's not. Kick <laughs> the beard off of his face. And then that's when KO comes out. And then I don't I don't know what arena they're gonna be in Montreal, but the arena's gonna flip the second that KO's music hits. And then the entire arena will do a, a 180 and flip on its head because that's how loud it's gonna be in that building. And they're gonna set up. J- Jimmy and Jay against Z- Sammy and KO at WrestleMania. Boom. Roman, Cody, the entire bloodline loses at WrestleMania because that's the storyline. Should That's a solid end to this. And then, boom. We go on. Roman gets some time off. The Usos can get some time off. And then we'll revisit these, these fun rematches later. But... It's the ideal situation for how this should end. And yes, it seems predictable, takes the fun out of it. No, it does not. It still makes it worth it. The story is good. And I want to see that I want to see it fleshed out to the best of its ability. And in my brain, everything that we're saying right now is how I want to see it. And I'll be over the moon at the second night two WrestleMania ends if it pans out the way we've been saying it's gonna be. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I absolutely agree with all that. Um, plenty of twists and turns, I think, to come though on the road to WrestleMania. I think, I think people are going to. I said uh, pre Rumble. I think people are going to disappoint themselves with Sami Zayn not being in the Rumble, and I think people are not going to enjoy the feud that's there with Cody simply because they want a feud with Sami. You're you're going to get the feud with Sami, but it's not going to end the way you want it to. You're still going to have an electric atmosphere. You're still going to have, you know, the the hometown crowd for Sammy cheering him on. It's just, it's going to go in a different direction. And it's not a demotion. It's still part of the biggest storyline in wrestling. And yep. yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no shame in it. Exactly. Like, th- this is not going to, like, I, I'd be surprised if somehow some way this gets messed up 
Like, I, I think they've dedicated so much time to it. It's been months and months and months and months, almost a year at, by, by the time WrestleMania comes around. It'd be almost a year of, of this reign of terror from Reigns. And when it comes to an end and the Usos lose their straps, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's gonna be a whole thing. And it's going to be incredible. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, we'll round this up just now. Uh, this was meant to be a central, but it got away from us because the Royal Rumble was just so much fun. It's, it's, it's almost fun going over when you're talking about pay-per-view. It was fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Just a quick uh, roundup. You can find all our back catalogue at Suplex Retweet. Uh, sorry, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Uh, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. That at Suplex Retweet. I accidentally did there. That's all our social media handles. You can follow us Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. We're on it. Thank you very much, Chris, for joining us. No doubt. You already know I got you, man. And I, I apologize in advance for the long pod. You get me on the show to talk about my favorite pay-per-view of the year and <laughs> we're going to go two hours exactly exactly marathon men anyway <laughs> we'll get i'll be back during the week with one of scott scott or john but not dave because he's not still not apologized for calling me fat um, <laughs> we'll be reviewing nxt a uh, not takeover vengeance day and looking ahead to the elimination chamber speak to you soon bye-bye Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Mm-hmm.